Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Amen. Father God, we just pray this morning that your word would speak to us this morning. Let your word speak in the way that you want it to be spoken. Not the way that we want. And we just pray, Holy Ghost, come this morning. Prepare our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First Peter 1, we're going to be reading from this morning. I'm reading this morning from the NLT version rather than the NIV. So it will come up on the screen hopefully in the NLT version. But let's just start in verse 3 of 1 Peter 1. And Peter says this. All praise... To God. Well, we've done that this morning, haven't we? We've been praising God. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, say, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Verse 6, so, in order of all that, so, be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It has been tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. I want to ask you this morning, do you rejoice with an inexpressible joy? The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about. When they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their message were not for themselves. But for you. And now, this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Did you get that? It's also wonderful this, that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. So, verse 13, prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways to live in to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy, because I am holy. You know, this morning I want to talk on these scriptures. I really believe that the, the I want to encourage Ida actually, that the word you brought earlier was so encouraging, because I feel that God really wants to speak this message to people today, and that trials will come. Jesus is intercessing for us. Amen. Isn't it great to know that sometimes when things are so difficult in our lives that Jesus is the one who's intercessing all the time, 
all the time we have someone, he's not necessarily, he's intercessing for us in the heavenly realms, praying at the right hand of the Father for you and for me. However challenging life gets, we've got our intercessor. The best, pr- you know, you can you can send a prayer, you can ask for the intercessory team here to pray, but the best intercessor is Jesus Christ, and He's praying for us. And I want to encourage you today because it's interesting that for, in First Peter, what we've just read, G- uh, it, Peter describes this. Uh, kind of acknowledgement of understanding the gospel, the salvation of our souls, what is available to us, describing it as something that's amazing that we should be happy with, this inexpressible joy that should be inside of us each day in our lives. But yet he talks about trials. He doesn't say, you know, you become a Christian and boy, you get this rush of the Holy Spirit and you feel amazing inside. You get this inexpressible joy and there's no more problems anymore. Life is amazing. Oh, if only it was like that for some of us. Some of us are thinking, boy, that would be a dream. If only the gospel could get reach that kind of level for me. Well, the gospel is still powerful because the reason why it talks about here is that trials come because actually they come not to diminish you, but they will come to refine you. So I want to first of all say before I even get into prayer, in fact, I could just leave it there. Do not be surprised by trials. They're going to come. Things are going to come and attack you and you're going to know, you're going to think, why is it I get this kind of stuff, this junk in my life? Why do I feel like this when I'm a Christian? Welcome to the club. (laughs) I've got the same problem. I've had it since ever since I gave my life to Jesus. And I will have till the day I die. But I thank God this morning that I know that there is something greater than the trials that I face every day. I thank Jesus that I know him. You see, what it is, is in your life, when you're a Christian, whether you've given your life to Jesus yesterday, in the last half an hour, a minute ago, whenever you did, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you will have experienced something the same as everyone else. And let me tell you what it's like. It's like you've entered the battle ring of a fight. Now, I've never been really much of a fighter. But I know that something is that I know what it's like to fight. I know it's like that you have to fight off things in your life. And some of you today resonate with this, that you know that your life at the moment feels like you're going to the boxing ring. You feel like you're in a fight. And there is nothing sometimes you can do because sometimes you feel like you've been knocked out. But First Peter here is encouraging us, actually, get ready for this. Because you've got something inside of you. And there is a way of operating through your life and operating your Christian life. There is something that God gives every one of you who are born again here today. There is the key to getting through this battle and this fight. Does anyone know what that is? It's faith. You're saying, oh, I wish it had been something a bit better than that. I wish it was something that, you know, I could just download like an app and just have, and it's, it's there, I just pay the money, you know, I'll pay anything for something that's going to help me through this. But the key is faith. Faith. It is so important to understand this, this morning. That faith, which God has purchased for you on the cross by giving you this eternal life. Faith is the thing, it's the currency of heaven, it's the, it's the system, it's the delivery system that God uses to operate you through your life. If you didn't have faith, you'd have nothing. He gives you faith. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, Paul says this, For our struggle... Is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Boy, you've got a fight on. Read that, you feel like going back to bed. You know, you wake up in the morning, you read that one first of all before you go, you think, I'm I'm getting back into bed. I don't know if I'm finding it hard enough to to deal with my boss at work, never, never mind the spiritual realms. The, the, the evil forces, you know, my boss is bad enough, the first thing they said to me when I get into work. And some of you are thinking that this morning, I cannot even deal with the natural things, let alone the supernatural. Well, let me, let me remind you this morning, there is one thing and it is faith that is going to help you through this 
I'm going to explain some things this morning about that. We can either run or we can fight. We can either run or we can fight. Did you get that? You can run away. You can be fearful. Listen, the opposite normally to faith is you get fearful, you get worried, and you don't put your faith and trust in God. And you run away from him. You can either run or fight. But God has given us this unique special thing called faith. This currency. And it's not just for faith, for believing for miracles and praying for the sick. It will help you through your life. I've watched in my family people go through some of the most toughest times and wondered how can they do this as a young child and looking at some of the difficulties and challenges. But I've known that they get through because of the faith in Jesus Christ. Now there's a proven track record. I could show you lots of stories and show you lots of examples, even in my own family, that I could see that God has given faith to them, this gift of faith that they've used. But you see, the enemy doesn't want you to use faith. He doesn't want you to grasp hold of this faith. He wants to keep you in a place where you can't even feel like fighting. 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says this, We live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. I want to encourage you this morning that you need to start to live by faith if you want to get through life. If you want to wake up tomorrow morning and start, wor- and you're worried about some of the struggles you're in, you need to start to think to yourself, do you know what? I'm going to get in the ring and I'm going to fight this one out. You see, the reason why I say that, some of you say, well, is it right to be fighting as a Christian and, and enter into this fight every day? Yes, it is. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, he says this, Paul's final charge to Timothy is this, fight the good fight of faith. He's about to die. And he passes on this, what a great thing to pass on. He's coming to the end of his life, his ministry. What does he say? He doesn't say, you know, you want to read these books, you want to do this. Make sure you do these things before you die. You need to make sure you go and do, you know, Emma, tomorrow she's going on a, what is it, a balloon trip you're going on tomorrow. She's got a free trip on a, on a balloon. I'm not going. A hot air balloon. This is kind of one of the things you want to do before you die, isn't it? You know, she didn't invite me. Paul says to, to Timothy before he dies, he says this, he says, he doesn't say, you know, make sure you do this. Make sure you go to these places in the world. Oh, I want to visit these places. Some of say, no, he says, fight the good fight of faith, son. You're going to know, you, you're going to need to know this because when I go, this is what I've been doing. Fight the good fight of faith. Then he says this, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Did you get that? Paul's saying to me, says, fight the good five. Listen, Timothy, get in the ring. Because you won't lose. Get in the ring and fight it out. I've had to do it all through. You know, you've seen all the miracles that have been happening. You've seen all the things when we've been on these amazing trips, guys. But listen, I've had to fight a fight. It's really tough sometimes. But he says this, take Hold. Take hold. Another version says this. The NLT, that was the NIV, the NLT says hold tightly. Hold tightly. King James, lay hold, it says. And the message says this. Seize the eternal life. Seize it. Go and fight for it. Because listen, the enemy does not want you to have it. So I want to encourage you, first of all, today that you are going to have to get in the ring and fight the fight. The title of the message this morning is Faith Fighters. Faith Fighters. First of all, in First Peter 1 that we read earlier, in verse 3 to 4, Peter says this. First of all, he says, Now we live with great expectation. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Beyond the reach of change and decay. Now listen, I want to ask you a question this morning, first of all. Do you live each day with great expectation? Do you live with great expectation of what is to come? 
Because the first thing today that I want to say is faith expects. Faith expects things. It expects things to come. You should have in your life, whether things are difficult and challenging around you, you should have in your life this expectation. Now listen, if you're saying, I haven't got it. I haven't got this expectation. I don't understand it. I don't know why. You need to get into the Word of God and you need to start reading some of the promises over your life as a believer. What did I say earlier? The angels, it says even the angels are watching you and seeing all this unravel effectively. Now some of us are so, so, some people you'll see, they're so bent on trying to find the angels and see angels and it's great to pursue these things. But listen to me, the angels are watching you. You know, some people, I talk to them sometimes, they seem more interested in angels than Jesus. They seem more interested in what angels are up to. I've seen an angel here, I've seen it. Listen, the angels are watching you in expectation. They're looking, seeing everything unravel. The prophets, it says, they wrote and they talked about all this and they knew it wasn't even for them. They knew it was for you. In the New Testament, they knew that this new thing that was going to come, So listen to me, the next time you're wondering, oh, you know, so-and-so, they see angels all the time. I don't seem to see anything. Listen, the angels are watching you, and they love it. And I believe they're saying in heaven, look, you know, we're seeing people discovering the power of the gospel. I want to encourage you today to live with great expectation. If you read the word of God, understand that when you're born again, when you receive eternal life in him, that you should live with great expectation because boy, oh boy, something big is coming, everyone. Something big is coming. It is amazing. It's going to be the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to everyone. Every eye will see him. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. There'll be no one saying, look, you need to be quiet about worshipping Jesus. No, every tongue will confess. Every eye will see. They'll know it for real. But he's saying to you now, listen guys, you know it. It's in you. You see, the Bible says that eternity has been set in our hearts. There's only one person that can do that download. It's the Holy Spirit and he can put it inside of you so you understand you have eternity. No matter how big and difficult life gets, inside of you, inside of you is the eternity that's been set inside. Acknowledging that. You see, the trouble is with us is that we have to see it to believe it. We're in a generation today where we have to see things to believe it. You know, the other day, we, we started putting money aside into a little savings account for the kids. And we, you know, we said, oh, when they're 18, we'll make sure they can have this. It's not an account where they, they could access it if they wanted. If they got the account number, they could get to it. But we just said, we'll put a little bit of money away. So I told the kids, it's the worst thing I could have ever told the kids that at their age, that, and I've got this little plan that at 18, you can have the money, whatever's in there, in case I've, whether I've spent it or not by then. But to say that you've got this, because every day it's like, what's in the savings account? I thought, I should have never told them this. I've got this now till they're 18 years old. Asking me what's in. And Jacob said the other day, he said, when I'm 18, I'm going to be rich. I thought, you don't know what's in there, mate. You don't know what's in there. But you know, they can't see it. They've just listened, they've just heard their father tell them that there's a savings account. They've got no idea. They don't know the access. They don't know the account number. They know nothing. They just know that to come when they're 18, I'll hopefully have a little bit of money set aside for them because if we don't save these days, we're going to have nothing. So I'm, just, I'm trying to think for the future for them. Well, listen, your father has bought. He's paid for it on the cross by sending Jesus Christ. He's paid the price. He's done it for you. He's set the future up for you and it's all done. The deal's done. And he's told you about it. He said, listen, no matter what difficulties you're going to get, it's all been done. The account is sorted. On that day, you will be covered, son, daughter. It's all yours. Believe it. You don't have to see it. You see, we want to touch it. We want to say, oh, unless I can see this, and then I'm going to have an inexpressible joy in my heart. Then I'm going to feel this real happiness. But listen, unless you can... For some of us, unless we can see it, we don't believe. It's not the way. Faith isn't by seeing. Trusting in him. You know what Emma said to me today? She said, today apparently she did on the radio is the International Day of Happiness. Come on. 
Did you see any happy people on your way in this morning? Did you see any happy... The international... Not just the Cambridgeshire Day of Happiness, the international one. You know, and it takes someone on the radio to tell you it's the International Day of Happiness. Listen to me this morning. You can be happy in the knowledge of reading the Word of God every single day of your life. You don't need someone on the radio to tell you who doesn't even sound happy themselves. That's great, you know, these things are good, but listen. We have a happiness, we have a joy. Because we know what is to come. There is an expectation. We live with great expectation. Faith is the thing that's going to do that. When eternity is set in your heart, when you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you receive him as your own personal saviour, he, he doesn't just say, oh, you're a Christian, I'm just going to put a little tag on you. He gives you something. There's something that you can't see and spiritually downloaded into your heart, your soul, this security for the future that no matter what comes your way, you kind of think, well, I don't really care because I know what's coming. I know what's coming. But some of us have to see it to believe it. You know, just, just recently, I, I don't know if you noticed this, years ago when you buy a computer, you used to look, you go into PC world, you buy the computer, and you look at the, the specifications, how much memory, how much hard drive has this thing got? Because these days, you need a big hard drive for all the photographs. I mean, we've got thousands of thousands of photographs, we never look at them. We just, I don't know when we're going to sit down and look at these thousands and thousands of photographs, but you just, you have to save them. And, and, and now what's happened is this, is that the computers can't handle the amount of stuff that we keep taking pictures for. So now what they're saying is you need to, you, you, you go online, you say, what's the best way to store all my stuff because I'm running out of space? And everyone says, you need to put things in the cloud. It needs to be put in the cloud. You know, if you'd have said that 10 years ago, say, I need to put things in the cloud, people would have said, you're in cloud cuckoo land. They'd have said, you're, you're on another planet. You see, the problem is this. You do, has anyone ever seen this cloud? We're all living now in this cloud. Everything, put it in the cloud because it's safe there. It's secure in the cloud. I want to see this cloud. I want to know if it's secure or not. I want to see the servers that are running wherever they are in the world that's secure in my things. Because they said, well, you know, if these things fail, then there's backup servers in another cloud. Where's that one? And is that one backed up in case that cloud fails? Listen to me. There is someone in the clouds who is far above the clouds this morning that has your future secure. And you don't need to worry about a fire because it's protected against decay. It's protected against all the things that can come against it. It is secure. There is nothing, nothing that can uh, come against it. And I want to encourage you today. Some of us are thinking, you know, is, is my salvation really secure? Is it secure? Yes. If you believe in him. Believe in Jesus. Believe that he came and died for you. He forgives us our sins. If you put him first in your life, that is the access to the cloud that is the most secure cloud you'll ever find in your life. It's the most secure thing that we'll see. It's beyond reach and decay, kept in heaven for us. You see, for some of us think, well, I can't see it. I can't see this thing that he's talking about. I need to see it. Just show me it and then I'll believe. Faith is summed up like this. In Hebrews 11, verse 1 to 2, and reading from the message version, it says this, The fundamental fact of existence is that this trusting God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Then it says, it's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors Set them above the crowd. If you want to learn some things about faith, you read on from those chapters in Hebrews. You'll see the ancestors. You'll read about some of the things that they did to give some great examples of faith. I talked about my family earlier, that there's great examples. There's some amazing examples of the family of God in the Bible, just there, that show this about what distinguished the ancestors. The NIV says it like this, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. It's confidence and assurance about what we don't see. 
You see, let me tell you, I used to say this all the time, and I realized when I was putting this message together, I was probably a little bit wrong, but I used to say this, that the enemy comes to steal our faith. But do you know what? I'm not sure he does. I've changed my mind. I don't know whether he actually does steal our faith. What he does is he likes to realize, he loves faith. He likes to see that people are so bent on, focused on something, and they can have faith in something. What he likes to do is realign the faith. If he can realign your faith to something completely different that is not about God and you start to put your trust in something else with the same passion that you have and you start to trust men and not God, then he's got you just where he wants you. He loves people who have this faith and can trust because if he can just change it just a few degrees, just away from God. And some of you today are in that place where the battles, the things that come against you are pushing the degrees away. And if, if the enemy can get you to start trusting in other things with the same passion, all of a sudden you'll find you lost your way. Don't give up this morning on unanswered prayers. I believe that's the word for someone. Don't give up on the things that you're believing in, that you're trusting in, that God, this, the God who's given you this hope and eternity in your hearts. There's prayers that you've been praying continually and you're saying, God, I don't know if this is happening. Put your faith and trust in Him. Don't lean on your understanding, Proverbs 3 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, verse 5, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Some of us, are so we get so wise in our own eyes that our readjustment, the face being readjusted, we're now looking through the wrong lenses, and the enemy has got you where he wants you. Today I believe God wants to realign people's faith here. He wants to do some realignment. And do you know what? It can just be the few degrees it takes to get you back online with God. To put you back in line with where you were. Because those few degrees, listen, if you set off in the wrong direction just on, the, on one degree, you'll find yourself after years and years walking, you'll have gone completely in the wrong way. One degree wrong now will change your destination. God wants you right at the center of his will. He wants to turn your hopelessness, that great hopelessness some of us, we have in our lives, to great expectation. I want to encourage you today that if you get into the word of God, there will be, faith will bring expectation in your life. Number two today, faith protects. Faith protects. Faith in God brings protection. It brings a protection on our lives. 1 Peter 1 verse 5 says this, and through your faith. Did you see that? Again, the faith comes in. Through your faith. In other words, faith there, here's the, here's the thing that's going to instigate it. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. Listen, some of you think you've got salvation. Yes, we have, but we have not fully received it yet. The full delivery of salvation is going to be on the day he's revealed. You're going to know about it then. You're going to know about how amazing it is. You've just got a taster at the moment. We've got a taster. Yes, we're saved, but it says that you'll receive this salvation. The full benefits of it, which is ready to be revealed on the last day. Peter says this. That through faith, God will protect you. In other words, he says this. If you, through your faith, believe my word, you trust me with all your heart on this, and you, every time there's a difficulty, if you trust me, I'm going to put security around you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to put, in other words, I'm going to put the best bouncers around you. I'm going to put the best security team around you. Maybe then he's going to put some angels around you. But listen, I really believe that he does protect us. But some of us get into the wrong idea. When something goes wrong in our lives and something happens to us, we say, why did you not protect me? I thought I had protection. You said through faith, I'm going to get protection. Well, why is it I believe in you, but I'm still getting harmed? Some of us are asking that question this morning. We're saying, well, that doesn't weigh up because sometimes I get things going wrong. Well, remember that trials will come. So when something comes, rejoice. 
Because you know that it's not to defeat you, but it's to refine you. You know that, wow, here comes another massive blow that's nearly knocked me out. But this is amazing. Here comes another one. Don't think to yourself, I'm giving up on God. He didn't tell me about this. He didn't tell me that this was going to happen. That, th- that things were going to start failing in my marriage. Things were going to start failing in this area in my life. Things were going to start going wrong in here. He's looking at how you're going to react. How are you going to react, son, daughter, when these things come your way? Because there is trouble in the world. And I've overcome it, says Jesus. But I'm watching to see what you're going to do. That's the key. So actually... The trials in your life, I'm afraid to say, are the best things that are going to happen to you. Because they're going to refine you, build you stronger and stronger and stronger. There's some, do you know what? Now, do you know what I do? Every time there's something goes wrong, I think this is going to be an amazing thing. Because I know that I'm going to look back. Whatever goes wrong, there's going to be something with this that I know God is going to teach me. And I'm going to be able to stand up one day and say to someone, this happened to me. It was really, really bad. And I know that God has used it for his glory. And honestly, I can see it all the time. So every time something happens, just think, wow, come on, bring it on. Bring it on. Get the boxing gloves on. Take it on, full drive. Fight the good fight of faith. Just like Paul said to Timothy. Do it, take it on, head on. But some of us, we look, we say we need the security, we need to know we're covered. Do you know the other day I was riding through the center of town, Many years ago in my former years when I used to go out and I used to do a lot of going into clubs and drinking in the city and I, I, I lived a lifestyle of that and always, you know, doing some rotten stuff really. But I used to go out and I remember there was a, I used to go into this particular pub and I knew one of the bouncers really, really well. I knew the security guard on the door to the point where, you know, he looked after me. If there was trouble, if there was any, ever, any, any difficulties, this guy was always, he's just a good friend of mine. I used to stand outside chatting to him. And, and I would talk to him, and any time anything went wrong, I knew I could rely on this guy. And he was a big guy, big guy, a lot bigger than me. And he could have, he could have took the blows for me. He could have protected me. And the other day I was walking, uh, sorry, riding through town, and I have not seen this guy for years. I'm talking years. And as I'm riding through town, I spot him. I spot the guy who used to be outside this nightclub, and he's there, and, and I felt the Lord stop me on my bike and say, I want you to go to him. Remember him? I want you to go back up, go up to him now, walk over to him, and I want you to tell him. And I, I felt the Lord reveal a word of knowledge that the guy is suffering from serious panic attacks and that he's really fearful of things in his life, financial difficulties, lots of problems there, and I want you to go and offer to pray for him. This is the guy. I used to stand there with my pint, and I was the big man. He was the guy protecting me. I had this kind of link with him. Now, years later, I'm going to walk up to the guy and say, you're suffering with panic attacks. Why would someone in security who's protecting other people have panic attacks? I thought, well, I'm going to obey. Listen, the best thing is obey Jesus. So I put my bike, I walked up, I've got my helmet on. Boy, I didn't look like the, the best sight, I'll tell you. I walked up with my helmet on and my bike and he looked at me. He didn't recognize me straight away. He said, I'm good with faces. He looked at me and I think he wondered, who on earth are you? I said, remember me? He probably thought, yeah, I do. I said, remember me? And, and, and I said, exchanged a bit of conversation with him. And then he said this to me. He said, he said wow, I remember that when you used to come to the pubs, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, I want to just say that I'm a Christian now. And I believe in Jesus. I said, but I felt that God has just told me. I just saw you. And he told me what he did now. He doesn't work as a security firm. I said, I just felt God told me to come and, and speak to you and pray for you. Is that okay? He says, yeah, I said, I feel that God's just told me that you're suffering with serious anxiety problems and panic attacks. His eyes filled, and then he let me pray for him. God also healed him of something as well. But right there and then, at a bus stop this was in the, in the center of town, I ministered to the bouncer who used to protect me on the doors, a security guard, and God touched him. And everything I'd said to him, this guy was suffering with anxiety. You could see it, and he just, he just couldn't believe what had happened. I gave him a card. I said, I don't know if you've ever been to church. He goes, yeah, he goes, my, he goes when I was younger, blah, blah, blah. But what I want to show you is this, that some of us, we put our faith and hope in secure people like this who have the strength and ability to protect you. Just those people, now God is using me to minister to these people. That you would have thought had all the ability to give you the strength and protection you need. But God used me to go and minister to him. Because the, what looked on the strongest with our own wise eyes, actually in reality, was weak. 
He was crumbling inside. I want to encourage you today that what we have inside is far greater. That knowledge of knowing what is to come and that we have protection through him. Do you know some of us when we get ill, we get ill and we, these things come and the, our bodies do get affected. And one of the things I've found is this, and I was chatting to someone about this this morning, but I really believe God wants to speak to someone that, that I believe that when we're ill, some of us, we believe in miracles, we believe in healing, we believe that God is going to protect our bodies. These are all good things, but listen, you're going to get ill sometimes. I used to know people that come to me and say, you can never be ill, you're a Christian. As soon as I got a headache, I was quietly getting the Nurofen out. I hope they didn't see that. Sticking, and then, but the crazy thing was, these people who used to come to me and tell me this, they would then have Nurofen when they had a cold. And I think, well, you told me that you never get ill. Listen, we're going to get ill sometimes. And I think sometimes when you get ill, I don't know about you, but it brings out the worst in me. Stop laughing, Emma. It brings out the worst in me. You know, you find when you're ill, everything comes out, doesn't it? You know, the worst in you. I mean, I'm bad when I'm hungry. But when I'm ill, boy, I'm on another level. It all starts showing. The true colors come to life in us when we're, when we're ill, when our bodies are affected. You read the book of Job. The enemy says, I want to go and start messing around with his flesh. You read that. He says, I want to go and start messing about with his body because if he does, I know he'll curse you. I know he will curse you, God. This is what the enemy says. And God lets him do it. He allows this thing to happen. God allows Job to be affected in his body. He says, go on then. Do it. Because I know my Job, my son, I know that he is fighting the fight. I know that he understands the fight. You can do whatever you like to his body. But in his heart he understands. He understands who I am. And I want to encourage you today. Wherever you are, whatever struggles and the things that attack your body, whether you've got flu, whether you feel so low, whether you've got the difficult things, some people may be suffering with diseases, things, and we're praying for you and you've not seen healing yet. Listen to me. It's not because God is not with you. Sometimes God allows these things. Listen, the truth is this. I say it to everyone. When you are born, you're on your way to death. The moment every one of us are born, we're all about to die. We're on a journey to death. I'm sorry that's so sad on a day, international day of happiness. That's a good quote. I'll put that on Twitter later. But the truth is this, the moment you are born, you're on a journey to death. But if you're a believer in Jesus, you have eternal life. You see the thing is, it's a, it's a ticking down clock. And that's what the world needs to know. Do you realize that if you've got the best of 80, 90 years or whatever you've got, whatever you've got on this earth, that people put this limit on. There's something beyond all this. The word of God says this, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. In other words, <laughs> you're quite weak really. In your own self. But the word of the Lord that gives you promises of the future and gives you promises to protect you and to take you through everything, the word of the Lord remains forever. Listen to me, the best guarantee you've got is to stay close to his word and to his promises because we are like grass. We're here today and gone tomorrow, some of us. None of us know our last breath on this earth. None of us know when the last moment's going to be, I'm afraid to say but we've got to get to the reality of this and understand you've got to get doing some things for the Lord because you've got no idea. Faith protects us. God will protect us. We're not supermen. We're not superwomen. And some of us, we act like this sometimes. I remember when I first got saved, I went out with a friend of mine in, in a little uh, car we got, a little Peugeot 106. It was Emma's car. And we went down a lane and we were praying together in the car. And we were praying so intently. And all of a sudden, this other car pulls up down a dark lane, get a, gr a gang of boys, get out of the car, and we, and my, me and my friend are sat there, all we're doing is praying, you know, we, we're down there to pray. I'd only been saved two weeks, and I'm just full of the Holy Spirit, I just want to pray, I just want to get close to God, and I'm there, and 
these guys get out of the car and I wound the window down in fear, thinking this is it, my time's up. And I, wound the, I, I was ready to drive, but we were cornered, we couldn't get out. So I was, wound the window down, the guy shouts to me and says, give me your car. The thing is, it wasn't mine, it was Emma's. I said, gladly, it needs an MOT. Bring it back next week. And so I, I just looked and my friend, some of you know him, Nathan Morris, he said this to me. He said, Phil, let's get out, we'll just pray. We'll stand and speak in tongues. I thought, are you crazy? We're going to get beaten up, but we'll definitely get beaten up now. Speaking in tongues, I only do that in church. And I said, and he just says, let's get out. We got out of the car. The gang was stood there. We got out, and I'll never forget to this day. Two weeks I've been saved. Didn't know what I was doing. Stood there, and I just put my hands up in the air, and I just started speaking tongues. And he looked at me, gone out. He got back in his car. He did not say a word. None of them did. They probably thought, these guys are absolutely crazy. They're living on cloud cuckoo land. I said, you'll know about it in 10 years when you put your stuff in the cloud. And they looked at me, gone out. But they got back in their cars, turned on their engine, and drove away. Power of God. Now, I don't know if there are any angels stood behind me. I'm not sure. I wasn't bothered at that moment. I was more bothered about what was happening. But I'm going to tell you something. God does protect you. Whether or not they thought I was crazy because of the tongues, he told us what to do at that time. You look at some of the things in the Bible, the crazy of what God asked people to do, they're absolutely crazy. You know, walking around a wall and, and, bl- and blowing trumpets. It's not the best thing, is it? It's not the best army. But listen, God does things because he is greater in understanding than us. He can, he can take down the foolish things. And I stood there, I thought, wow. You know, I'll tell you what, if you think tongues is not powerful, try that one next time. But listen to me, I don't know what happened then, but I, I trust God and he does protect us. But things do happen. Things are happening to people and it's not nice. Things are happening and it's, it's the trials that come. I want you to, to remind you, you're not today. You see, I stood there and I thought, wow, I'm like Superman. You know, these guys are just left. You could have that in a film. But there's only one Superman. It's Jesus Christ. There's only one guy. There's only one person who has died for you. That's Jesus. He is the Superman. You see this, it says this in 1 John 3 verse 2. John writes this, we are children of God. And what we will be, not what we are, what we will be has not yet been made known. Do you get that? You're not, you're not Superman yet. You've not got everything, you've not got your new body yet. Not salvation has not been fully given to you yet in its entirety. He says this, he says, even though, sorry, and what will be has not been made known to you. But we know that when Christ appears this last day, we shall be like him. (laughs) What? We shall be like him? Did you get that? That's what the promise is for you. Hang on in there in the fight because one day when it is revealed to you and others are wishing that they had known the peace and not objected like we read earlier and that they'd not looked, seen Jesus for who he was, people will be looking at you and they'll see you are like him. The tables will turn. People will see it for it, how it is. Number three, faith today remains. Faith remains. It remains strong when we're feeling like throwing in the towel. If you're in boxing and you're in a fight, I've never been a boxer, but you'll see this. Sometimes people, they feel like throwing in the towel, giving up on the fight. There's too many blows. There's too many things that's happened. They've been knocked down too many times. They feel like saying, I've just had enough. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm giving up on all this. I want to encourage you, there's a word for someone today, that if you've had too many punches, too many. If you've had too many hits, too many. If you've had too many things that have took you down and you think, I cannot physically take this anymore in my life, any more hits. God will not let you down. He will use it to build you up and refine you like gold. Better than gold. 
It remains. Our faith helps us to remain in the fight. In earlier we read this, it says, First Peter 1 said, verse 6, So be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must, not even though you might, you must endure many trials, many trials, for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. There it is. He says, be truly glad because the joy that lies ahead. Listen to me, when Jesus was on, on that, on that uh, lead up to Easter that we're celebrating, when Jesus, the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame. He knew what was coming. He had to go through some real difficulty to the point we sung this morning that he sweat like blood. He sweat like blood. And he went through the trials, but he knew what was coming. And it's a message for you today. You know what is coming. But some of us, we get the trials and we find it hard to remain in the fight. We're trying to do another punch, but we're getting weaker and weaker. We didn't expect this. We didn't sign up to this. When we came into Christian faith, we thought this is going to be the best thing in my life. Listen to me. This is what's going to come. You know, just last year we went on holiday and we went to to Greece and before we went, I was trying to plan the whole holiday. We'd seen it in the brochure. We'd, we got everything sorted. You know, you, you get the glossy brochure. You see the pool. You think, this looks amazing. We're going to do this on this day. You plan your trip, right, on this day. We, and, we, and, and one of the things we wanted to do is hire a car. So we, we said, we're going to hire a car on the third day. We'll have a few days around the pool. We got it all planned out, everything. And we'll hire a car. So we go to, we go to the resort. We arrive there. And... This third day, we go and pick up this, this car. And he says, I'm going to give you this new car. It's a brand new Volkswagen Polo. So we get the Polo. And we, we, we take this out. And we'd only had the thing for two days. And one day, we said, we're going to drive up to this butterfly park to see some butterflies. Not, I, didn't, I didn't want to see it, but they wanted to see the butterflies. So we went up to see the butterflies. And it cost a couple of pounds to get in. And we looked at some lovely butterflies. And then we came back to the car. And the first thing I see on the car window is this. A little piece of cardboard. And it says, I'm so sorry. Are you? I'm so sorry that we, someone bumped into your car while you were away. And they drove off. Here's their registration. And so they give me the registration of this, uh, this, this car that had bumped into my car. Into, right into the side, into the door. Big, nice, big bump into the side of the door. I thought, wow, this was not in the brochure. I didn't see this one when I was looking through the brochure in Thompson's. That, you know, on the third day, you're going to get a nice big bump in the car that is going to totally damage it. All my thoughts were is, that is it. How on earth are we going to pay for this? So we get back to the hotel and Emma's like, these kind of things get on my mind. And she's trying to enjoy the holiday. I'm like, what are we going to do? That's, we're going to have to buy a new door. She's like, forget about it, we'll sort it out later. I mean, but listen, we're going to have to get a new door. We've not got the money to buy a new door. They, they cannot, you know, they can panel beat these things out. They're not going to be able to do this. So then I phone up the, the car rental company says, yes, I'm afraid. You're going to have to pay a lot of money. We're going to send someone out tonight. So now my meal in the evening was, was made up of leaving the table for the meal to go and meet the man to look at the car and show him and for him to say, this is really bad. I thought this was never in the brochure. I said, listen, I've got one thing though. I've got the guy's registration. I know who did it. He said, "Uh, yeah, but you didn't report it to the police. And this person's gone now. It's your word against theirs. I'm thinking, but look, I have his registration. Whoever this is, I've got their registration. He said, I'm sorry, you can't do anything. Well, the next day I wake up, we go down to the pool. And I'm feeling horrible inside. God, you know we haven't got the money. Why is it that these things happen to me? I just wanted to come here for a break. I just wanted to rest in you and read some books and listen to some music. I just wanted to rest in the Lord. Now I'm worrying. Wondering where am I going to get the money from. And I sat by the pool and then Emma said to me, she goes, uh, I said, I'm just going to have a wander down to the shop. So I walk out. This is the next day. And we're talking. We travel to the butterfly place at the other side of the island. On the whole of this island. I walk out, out of the, our hotel, and I get to the entrance of the hotel. And as I walk out of the gates, lo and behold, what do I see? 
I see the very car with the registration that hit mine the day before. Now you're thinking, wow, doesn't the Lord work in mysterious ways? He's bringing these people to justice. I, I was, uh, you know what, I was, I was getting happy. You know, I wasn't bothered about sunburn. I wasn't bothered about the holiday. I just I thought, I'm going to get this guy. I am going to find this guy and I'm going to say to him, I know you did what you did. So I went back to him. I said, I found that you're not going to believe this. The car is there. But then I started to worry. I went back to my sun lounger and I'm laid on the sun lounger looking around thinking, is it anyone here? And then I start to think, is it, is it could be the person next to me? And I began to then get paranoid that anyone around the pool could be the person who did it. So then I thought, if I say something to this person when they walk back to the car, I might have to spend the rest of my holiday around the pool with them. <laughs> Not that I'd have said anything nasty to them. I'd have just said, you know, I'd have just spoken in tongues to them and see what happened. And so I looked and, and I thought, what am I going to do? So at first I, I went back to him and I told him, I said, listen, I know what I'm going to do. So I went, back into, I went back into the room and I got a big piece of paper. Well, I didn't have any paper actually because we didn't take paper with us. So I ripped the cereal box. Many of you do that. You ain't got any paper, so you just get the cereal box. There's nothing left of it. Ripped it up and wrote on it, I know what you did. And, uh, and then I just felt the Lord speak to me halfway through writing. Just to change it slightly. If you don't know where we're going to write, boy, I might not be here. Listen, I was, I was so tempted to get angry with this person. But I thought, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write and I'm just going to give them the opportunity with grace to own up and hopefully pay the bill. I'll not tell them how much it is yet. So I write on this thing and I put, I know what you did uh, yesterday. You were at, I believe that your car hit mine at the butterfly park. I hope it was the right registration. And, I, and I'm writing this and I just put, please, if you would, contact me on this number. I would really appreciate it. And put my mobile number. Well, all I did for two days and I sat around the pool waiting for the phone call. Looking around, waiting to see if I could see someone pick up their phone around the pool. Then, then I could ring it back and wait and see where it, it rings around the pool. But I, this is how bad it got for me. It really got to me. But listen to me. Some of us, we don't understand sometimes. We don't realize these things are going to come into our lives. I don't realize I've been telling you this story today. But God used these things because I didn't expect it. It was not in the brochure. It was something that I never expected or signed up to. Now the thing is, they said to me, you're going to have to pay X amount of pounds to fix it. And I had to pay it. What I didn't realize is this. On return... I realized that in the contract that I'd signed, at the bottom of the contract, I checked the box for an extra few pounds for gold insurance that would reimburse any costs that were, came my way when I was there. Now, I didn't really understand that this was going to be the case. I got back. All I had to do was send all the receipts of what I'd spent to them, and they gave me everything back. Now it was one tick, a few more pounds for gold insurance. But listen to me, there is something that secures you and it is, is something, your faith in him that is better than any gold insurance. And our faith, it says, has been refined like gold. To trust him. You can trust in some gold insurance program, which is fine. But listen, he's paid the price for you so that you can be covered Everything is covered in him. And we can throw it back to him. Our faith can be like gold. Mere gold. But he says it can be better than that. Later Peter said. 1 Peter 1 verse 7. Your faith has been tested. As fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Finally, as I quickly finish on number four, faith rewards. Faith rewards. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation, it says, was something even the prophets wanted to know more about. When they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. 
We know that it's coming. There is a great reward coming as well. You're going to get the salvation of your souls, but there is a reward coming from heaven for you if we press in and we keep fighting the good fight of faith. Just the other day, we were watching Deal or No Deal, and Emma likes to see these things where people are trying to guess and win the money. I say, you need to get on that program, not watch it. Then we can go back on holiday again with another car. But and if you watch these things, I always find it interesting. I don't know about you if you've ever watched the program Deal or No Deal when people are they're gambling these money away in a sense. They, they, kind of, they, they, get these, they, they arrive with nothing. But if you notice this, every time they ever ask them, they say, now do you want to trade in everything? Now you might lose it all or you can go, go for the full package, everything. And they always say this, most of them, I came with nothing. So I'm prepared to go home with nothing. They don't look like that when they lose. But they say, I came with nothing. I'm prepared to go home with nothing. And the thing is, no one knows what's in the boxes. And I find it really frustrating, this program, because I always think this. They, they then continue. If the person accepts, they continue the game. They continue the game to see, here's what you could have had. We'll rub it in even more, you know. You said you finished the game, you didn't gamble, so now we're going to show you. If you'd have gambled, look what you've lost. We'll send you on feeling sour. And so they go and ask the person, each person, which box would you have chose next? And so they go around the boxes and they choose the boxes. But I always think this, is this really, is that the box they really would have chose? You know, is this really the pattern of the way it have all gone? And I just think it's so false. But the thing is this, they never know to the very end what is in their box. They've got no idea. Got no idea that all everyone wants to know what's in their box. Do you know something? You know 100% what's in your box. You know the deal is done. Once and for all. You know what's in your box. It's not a game. You know that the reward is coming. It's 100% secure. You're getting it. You don't need to have a, a gamble with this. It's not a gamble of your life. Is, do, do, is this real or am I really sure? No. The truth is this. The word of God tells you what's in the box already. And some people treat Christianity like it's a gamble. Like it's maybe I might get this. I'm just going to keep going to church and hope for the best. Let me tell you today, God through his word and his Holy Spirit says to you today, you know, son, daughter, what's in your box. And it is so secure, it's the most secure thing you're ever going to get. It is there for you. It's not a gamble. God is calling, some won't accept it. Some won't take this, they won't believe the word of God. But do you know what Jesus wants us to do? He wants us to pick up our cross of suffering and the difficulties and follow him. Leading up to Easter, it's not just Jesus who went to the cross. He calls every one of us to pick up our own crosses and follow him despite suffering and pain. That is the battle you're going to be in. In Matthew 26, in Jesus' words, verse 24 to 27, it says this. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple, wants to be a follower of me, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory. This is what's in the box with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Now there is a degree, if you read it, in reward. There's a degree in how we will reward people for what they have done. You want to get a great reward, then do something for the Lord. <laughs> it's simple. He, didn't say, he, he says your salvation is secure. You got, it, you got it all done. It's secure. But if you want... The greater reward you want, just work for me and do things for me, for my kingdom. And you'll see on that day, you'll get an amazing reward. Not judgment, but a reward. Some of us are trading many things in our life. But today, God says to us all, through his son Jesus, follow him. 
Even though you're going to follow, just like Jesus went to the cross, you're going to have pain and suffering, difficulties and challenges in your life. Know this, that you can follow him to victory. His name is victory. I want to encourage you today. Some of you probably have been fighting this fight too long. You just, some of you maybe have just entered the fight. Some have been in the fight for so many years, you don't know where you are at the moment. You find it so tiring. But we should never, ever give up. Faith in God will give you the ability to stand up again. Give the ability to stand up again. To win. Do you know on that day, I just can't wait for the day when he returns. And we're all going to be rejoicing together. Praising his name together. And we're going to be saying, wow, we did it. We did it. It was challenging. It was difficult. But we did it. Amazing. Amazing. It will be the most amazing day. Do you know? Everything will be set aside. Church, the lot. Everything will be set aside. All we'll be doing is focusing on Jesus Christ. None of this will matter anymore. I want to ask you today, do you know him personally? Do you really understand? Have you got your box secure? Or are you gambling with life? Are you gambling with the things of this life? Listen, Jesus calls you today. He's calling people today to come and saying, listen, you haven't got to pay anything for this. No matter what life has brought at you, no matter what, how difficult life is, you haven't got to pay for this because it's free. I've done it for you. And listen, if you follow me and you follow the way of the cross, it is challenging. But look what I've done for you. Can't you see the principle? Can't you see that the enemy is trying to stop you from fighting this fight to victory? You know, some today, you're like this. You, you've been hit so many times that you're down now on the floor. You look at a boxing match. The first thing that happens when you go down on the floor... The referee steps in. He then comes in and starts to count to ten. One. Two. Three. And you're there thinking, this is it, I can't carry any more. Four. Five. Things get even worse in your life. More challenges come. Six. And you begin to look at the referee. And if you look at the referee, he's holding his arm out. Waiting, waiting to see if it's victory for the other opponent. Seven. Eight. And you're looking up thinking, I cannot get up. I have no strength. Nothing in me anymore. Some of you are like that today. You've got no strength at all. But Jesus has never left you or forsaken you. He doesn't leave his children. He never leaves his children. Nine. Ten. And you're still laid on the floor. The referee kind of calls the victory against you. The enemy loves for you to be in a position of where the referee stands in. He loves to be the referee counting up to ten. Calling the victory. And the arms go out to say, it's over. He's won. But listen to me. There is one with his arms stretched out wide. Who's in the ring today for you. His name is Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. His arms were stretched out wide for you upon the cross of Calvary. So that you can be saved. There is victory in his name. No matter how defeated you feel. Or how bad things look. Even if you're down on the floor. He says don't look at that. Because my name is victory. I am victory. Don't look at what the enemy tells you. But look at what I tell you you are. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 to 8. This is Paul's words. He says this, I have fought the good fight. So he says now, I've done it. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. 
In other words, he says, I've done it. I fought it. And on that day, the reward's coming. The crown of righteousness that I do not deserve. But he says, it's not just for me, Apostle Paul, the one who's in all these amazing stories. It's for everyone who wants his appearing to come. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.